are flourishing across America. Chances are you've encountered one, perhaps even know someone who is involved in a cult. Can you discuss knowledgeably the differences between Christianity and the teachings of Mormonism, our Jehovah's Witnesses? Prior to 1850, cultists were practically unheard of in the United States. Today, there are well over 20 million Americans involved in the cults and the occult. Especially over the past three decades, the winds of change have swept across America's religious landscape with hurricane force. The landscape has been radically altered. So how do we define cults? What is a Christian cult? What does God's word have to say about false prophets and how we'll know them? And what are some of the signs of a cult? Join me today as I interview Dr. Ron Rhodes of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministry and the author of The Challenges of the Cults and New Religions. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and host of the Family Shield radio program. With me by phone lines, I have Dr. Ron Rhodes. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much. It is my pleasure to be with you today. Well, that's great. Your book, The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions, is an awesome book. I've been involved in uh, uh, cult ministry, counter-cult ministry, for many years, and this is one of the best. Uh, And I hope we can do a good job of really just introducing the topic to our listeners today. Thanks so much for writing it. Tell us why you wrote it. Well, it's kind of interesting. I have some family members who are Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might surprise you, but even as I was growing up as a child, they would invite us over to their house and have meetings, and they really wanted to draw us into the Jehovah's Witnesses. They were always very nice, but I had these little red flags going off in my mind because what they were teaching didn't sound like what I was learning from my own church. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of sparked an interest in the cults for me, and I ended up buying Walter Martin's book way back when. I don't know if you remember it, but it's called The Kingdom of the Cult. Yes, yes. And uh, I ended up uh, studying that book, and little did I know, Kay, that one day Walter Martin would actually hire me (laughs) to work at his organization. And so uh, what started out as a little bit of an encounter with my cousins turned out to be a major effort on my part in helping to educate people not just about the cults, but how to share the truth with the cults. Right, yes, absolutely. And I think today, uh, as as I think about our listeners, we're going to get probably to Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, because pretty much most people, most Christians I meet, don't know a lot. They don't even really understand the term cult, C-U-L-T. And you do a wonderful job of fleshing that out. I've been recommending your book to many people because it's such a hard word to define. And numerous people have tried, but you have really brought together um, the different people and what they've said. And, and I think how you explain it is excellent. So let's begin by just share. First of all, share with us how many books of the Bible warn us about false prophets, false gospels, and heresies. Well, actually, we read about this from Genesis all the way through Revelation, and it's always done in different ways. But just to give you an example, 
Uh, back in the Old Testament, we are warned against false prophets, and false prophets are those who set forth revelations that go against the Word of God, or they make predictions that do not come to pass, or they bring the people of God into some kind of a false religion, uh, such as the false religions of the Babylonians or the Assyrians. And uh, once you get to the New Testament, the uh, the falsehood gets a little bit bigger, because it's not just false prophets, but it's also false apostles and false teachers that we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that it's very clear from Scripture that God takes it very, very seriously. In fact, you might remember in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, where Christ is either commending or criticizing churches based upon their actions, Christ always commended those who sought to recognize and deal with false apostles. And so uh, that's really a motivation for me personally. You know, we need to be ready Mm -hmm. to not just recognize what they are and what they teach, but to share the truth with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Well, let's try to define the term cult. And I I loved uh, some of the things that you clarified, especially that every cult isn't a Christian cult. And I don't know that I've seen that very often. So let's just try to define it. And you have, in your book, you have several different uh, leaders that have defined it. But you talk for a minute about how we define this. Well, that's a real important question because, you know, a lot of times anybody that doesn't agree with us personally Mm -hmm. is categorized as a cultist. You know, and that's not fair, is it? That's not right, no. You know, what we need to do is to have an objective definition. And really, in every book that I have written about the cults, I've tried to objectively define it so nobody would be confused about what I mean. Mm -hmm. It is true. Not every cult comes from Christianity. Uh, Kay, are you still with me? Yeah, I heard uh, just uh, like you were almost cut out there for a second. So I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. A blip. But anyway, uh, some cults come from Christianity. Some come from Islam, and some come from Hinduism, and cults always derive out of one of those major world religions. You know, you've got uh, a major religion like Christianity, and out of Christianity you've had groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. And the thing of it is, Kay, typically these groups that emerge out of a parent or host world religion will claim to be the true form of that mm-hmm, religion, mm-hmm. but in fact they will deny one or more of the essential doctrines of that religion. So here's an example. The Jehovah's Witnesses may claim to be the true form of Christianity, but they deny the absolute deity of Christ. They deny the Trinity. They deny that salvation is by grace through faith. I mean, I think you can see that, uh, yeah. that that's not true Christianity. Not at all. Uh, same thing is true with uh, cults that grow out of Hinduism. You know, I might talk about the Hare Krishnas. I'm sure you remember those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hare Krishnas uh, back in the 70s would kind of dance around in these orange robes, clanging these little symbols together. And a lot of people just assumed that they were typical Hindus. But in fact, the Hare Krishnas may claim to be the true form of Hinduism, but they actually deny one or more of the essential doctrines of Hinduism. Oh. They say that Hare Krishna is the supreme god instead of the traditional Hindu teaching regarding three different supreme gods. So all I'm trying to say, uh, Kay, is that you've got world religions like Hinduism and Christianity and Buddhism, and then you've got these little subgroups that that, uh, kind of 
they're like little forks off the road. Mm-hmm. They, they form little independent groups that claim to be the true form of that religion, but they actually deny one or more of the essential doctrines. So based on that, I think you can see that when we use the word cult, we're not trying to be insulting. No. We're not trying to be mean-spirited. In fact, that's the, that's the furthest thing from my mind, because when somebody shows up on my doorstep, I don't want them to be offended. I want them to be open to the truth, and I don't want to raise barriers by them feeling like I'm being mean-spirited by calling them a cultist. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm reading right from your book one of the definitions, and you've kind of said this, but I'm just going to read this, a cult of Christianity then, is a group that claims to be Christian, but in fact is not Christian because it uh, denies one or more of these central doctrines of the historic Christian faith. And um, people and that... Know, go ahead. I was just going to say, Kay, what, what you just said is so important because it's not the minor doctrines no. that separate us. No, no. You know, it's not, for example, the proper method of baptism, you know, is it sprinkling or dunking? That's an important doctrine, but it's not an essential of the Christian faith. Uh, you know, when does the rapture happen? Is it before or after the tribulation? Or what form of church government do you believe in, congregational or elder rule? All of those are important issues, but they're not the essential doctrines of Christianity. Right. By the essential doctrines, we're talking about big stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, the like the deity of Jesus Christ and Christ dying on the cross and mm-hmm. resurrecting from mm-hmm. the dead and salvation being by grace through faith. So it's not about minor issues. It's about big issues. You bet. You bet. Well, let's. Uh, you you touched on a few of those. I think today let's focus uh, most of our conversation on the uh, cult of Christianity, and let's talk a little bit more before we launch into why there's been such an explosion. A little bit more about the doctrinal characteristics, and you know the signs. How do we know? that it's a cult, are just um, another denomination that maybe has one thing that we might not agree with? Well, I think that, uh, pivotally, what we need to do is test everything against the Scriptures. You know, if we're not sure that somebody is a cultist, we need to take what they say and measure it against the Bible, because the Bible is our barometer of truth. Mm-hmm. And as we measure the teachings of the particular group against the Bible— we can actually determine whether or not they've departed on one of these big doctrines that we've been talking about. So, for example, you know, if you're talking to a particular person and they're talking about God, what if they said to you, everything in the universe is God? My telephone is God. My computer is God. My cat is God. My car is God. Everything in the universe is God, which also means that you and I are part of God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the Bible, and you would know precisely right. that that is a departure from what the Bible teaches, right. because the Bible says that there's only one God, and you and I are not, not him. him. yeah. You know, there's only one God, and the creation is distinct from the Creator. So that's an example of what I'm talking about. If you hear somebody say something like that, then you can know automatically that they've departed from the faith and that they are a cultist. Or they might say to you something like this. They might say, you know, it's, it's real clear that there are many different gods in the universe. And because there are many different gods in the universe, it's also a possibility that you and I can become gods. Why we could become gods ruling our own planets one day. Hmm. But if you measure that against the Bible, I mean, you, you, you're real, real clear, fast, that, that that's a departure from the faith, because 
doesn't Isaiah 44 through 46 teach that there is only one God and that there's never been a God before the God of the Bible and that there will never be a God after the God of the Bible? You see, by measuring those, those claims against what the Bible actually teaches, we can quickly discern that, uh, that it's a cultic teaching. And so, you know, that's basically what I'm talking about, and we need to be able to do that with all the different doctrines. Right. Now, here's uh, a problem. Go ahead. I was going to say, here's a problem. You know, what if they come to you and say, well, you know, you're talking about the Bible a lot, but the Bible is not the only truth from God. Mm-hmm. You know, they might say that. Well, you know... Commitment to the Bible alone is another one of those essential doctrines, but very often cultists will have a different scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, the Mormons will have the Book of Mormon. Right. Uh, the Christian scientists will use a book called Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. The Moonies will have a book called The Divine Principle. And so they set up different scriptures that they base their beliefs on, and that's a key that's a uh, that's something that ought to pop up on the radar radar screen immediately in your mind mm-hmm. of being a characteristic of a cult. Whenever they've got new revelation from God or new uh, new scriptures, that's a clear indicator of cultism. Yeah, Doctor Rhodes, what do we do with all the Christians that don't know God's word? I mean, you're saying you know that'll be a clear sign. Um, a lot of this false belief seeps in to people that go to a Christian denomination every weekend, but they're not in the Word of God and they're not growing. And so I know one of our uh, goals through our ministry is to help people learn to discern truth from error. That's why we're doing this program. But every Christian, some of them are new Christians to the faith and they don't know everything yet. Some of them have just not been studying the Word like they should. Um, They don't always... It isn't always a red flag for them because they they just don't know. Well, you know, you raise just a tremendously important point, and that's what, one of the reasons why I'm glad for ministries like yours. One of the problems that we're facing today, Kay, is that according to the current statistics, 25% of all people who join up with a cult used to attend a Bible-believing mm-hmm. church. Another 40% used to attend a larger uh, liberal Christian denomination. That's a total of 65% of people formerly affiliated with some form of Christianity that are now involved in the cults. Mm -hmm. Now, that's disastrous. I don't care how you spell the word disastrous. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely disastrous. And it goes back to our biblical illiteracy it, uh, in the United States. I don't know about other countries, but I know it is a major challenge that the body of Christ faces. You know, a lot of times people ask me, uh, you know, what, what are some of the best ways that you can, uh, you know, become aware of cultic teachings and, and how to reach the cultists? One of the first things I always tell them, and it may seem trite, but one of the first things I tell them is to learn the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard the illustration many times, Kay, about how uh, the FBI trains bankers to recognize counterfeit dollar bills. You know, they make them spend time with real, genuine dollar bills, and they examine the color and the texture and what it looks like when you hold it up to the light. And then they crinkle it up and unfold it and see how it feels, and they just examine the graphics and the print and everything. And the more familiar they are with the real thing, the easier it is to recognize a cultist or, or, or or a counterfeit. And the same thing is true in terms of what we're talking about today with cultism. The better you know your Bible, yeah. 
the easier it is to recognize counterfeits. And, you know, okay, I think that one of the things that we knew, need to do in both of our ministries is to continually provide tools that people need to be able to learn the Bible, uh, mm-hmm. which, again, is one of the reasons why I appreciate your ministry. Yeah, there's so much to do. Let me just make a few announcements, and then we'll continue discussing uh, Ron Rhodes' book, The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. For more information, contact us at witness2family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to uh, transition back to talk to Dr. Rhodes again, but I think this might be a great time for him to tell you where you can connect to him through his website and also how you can get a copy of his book, one of many books he's written, The Challenge of the Cults. Uh, Dr. Rhodes. Well, you can visit our website at ronrhodes.org. That's R-O-N-R-H-O-D-E-S dot org. And there are many free materials that you can download right at the website. We also offer a free newsletter. We don't ask a a red cent for that newsletter. Uh, Very often people may have questions they need answers to, and you can send us an email that's listed. You know, our our address is right there at the website. We'll answer that email free of charge. We don't charge money for that either. You know, we're just a bunch of uh, people who volunteer our time, Kay. Uh, None of us is on the payroll. We're here to serve the body of Christ in any way that we can. And so if we can help people, you know, stop by the website or or drop us an email, and we'll do whatever we can to help you when it comes to apologetics and the kingdom of the cults. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, We want to continue talking about your book, The Challenge of the Cults. And in the next uh, less than 10 minutes, we want to talk about why the explosion, but we also want to get to how do we respond in love to them. So I'm giving you a big challenge here. Uh, Talk for a minute about the explosion. I I touched on that at the beginning. Uh, Why are there so many cults today? 
Well, there's a number of reasons, and I'll try to be as quick as I can. I think first and foremost is the failure of the Christian church. Uh, I mentioned to you how many people statistically are joining cults from the Christian church, and that just basically means we're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. We really need to teach our people the Bible much, much better than we are. We can't just teach people about have a how to have a successful 2011 financially and, you know, those kind of things. There's nothing wrong with teaching that kind of stuff, but you've got to teach Bible doctrine right out of the Bible. I think also the Church has failed to make a moral difference. You know, when you think about it, the divorce rate is the same. As many Christians see R-rated movies as non-Christians, you know, I mean, we've just got a problem in that area. Uh, furthermore, did you know that the cults really make you feel like you're part of a family? Yeah. They make right. you feel like you're something special. They reach out to you, and they make you feel like that if you left their group, they would be just brokenhearted. Now, how many churches make you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Not many. And so that's a problem that we're facing. Uh, too often, churches break into little cliques where it's hard to penetrate, and it shouldn't be that way. I also think that the family unit is very, very important, Kay. You know, mm-hmm. um, the family really is the school for character, as Martin Luther put it. Yeah. And, you know, we're supposed to be handing our values down to our children. But one of the problems we're having today is that parents just aren't spending time with their kids. And if you don't spend time with your kids, how is it possible that they're going to pick up values from you? Mm-hmm. Not only that, and I hate to say this, but a lot of, a lot of Christian parents uh, basically live like they want to during the week, and then they go to church on Sunday. Yeah. It's like they sow bad seeds all week and then pray for crop failure on Sunday. <laughs> The kids see that. Yes, sir. They kids sure see do. that there's hypocrisy mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the reasons why our young people, especially, are disillusioned with Christianity and are open to new religious experiences out there. Uh, there's also other things I could turn or point to. You know, we had a big tidal wave of Eastern religions back in the 1960s, and we're still feeling the effects of that. Uh, today, we're living in an age of subjectivism and relativism. It's almost like uh, there's a cafeteria of false religions, and you can just walk right down the row and pick whatever components of your religion that you want. And whatever appeals to you, there's a religion that does that thing. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a challenge before us, Kay, and uh, you know, I am not without hope. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I had no hope, and then right. the good news is, is that every single day that passes, there are cultists that come to know Christ. Mm-hmm. In fact, through our ministry, Kay, virtually thousands upon thousands of cultists have come to know the true Jesus of the Bible. So we're very thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and through ours, too, um, you, you've just touched on so many important issues. But the reason we have hope is cause, because God's Word says that this uh, faith will continue. It will never die. I mean, there will always be a remnant of Christian believers, according to God's Word. So we have to believe God's Word. But we do have lots of challenges to deal with. And uh, thank you so much, too, for bringing up that issue of families not just going to church on Sunday morning, but making their faith an every day, every minute, a part of their life. Not that we're perfect. We're sinners, and we need forgiveness. We we fail as parents. We fail as Christian leaders. Yes. But we ask God to forgive us, and then we ask others to forgive us, too. Well, there's only one perfect parent, and that's God the Father, that's right? right. 
That's right. And uh, even Adam and Eve sinned. They yes. had a perfect environment, and they still sinned, you yes, know. Um, but you're right. Uh, the great thing is, is that God has given us wisdom in the Bible about, um, about the family unit and how to make it work. And, you know, it's really true, I think, that kids spell the word love, T-I-M-E, you mm-hmm. know, spending time with them. Mm-hmm which is one of the reasons why in our family we've made it a real effort not just to spend time with our kids, but also to disciple our kids and not just leave it up to the Christian church to do it. Right. It's not God's Word tells parents and grandparents that it's their job first. The church is the supplement to help them. And somehow that got lost over the years, and the church thinks it's their job to equip the children, but really they're there to support the parents and and help not to be the only ones. Most parents have delegated that to the church, and that needs to, we need to help parents understand. Well, now we have just a, about five minutes left, so let's talk just briefly, thank you for all that you shared, about how we share God's love in a loving way, with someone that's involved in a cult? Well, first of all, I I underline that word love, because if you don't have love, there there are going to be barriers that come up. And if there's barriers that come up, no matter what you say, you're not going to make sense to them. But by showing love, by, by letting Jesus shine through you, those barriers will come down and they'll be willing to talk to you. And uh, just to give you a couple of tips about what to do, first of all, make sure you define all the words you use, words like God and Jesus and sin and salvation. I say that because they use the same words, but they redefine every one of them. You know, for example, if you talk about Jesus being God, the Jehovah's Witnesses will say, well, yes, we agree with that, but we believe that he is a separate and lesser God than God the Father. You see, Mm -hmm. that's why it's important to always define your terms. They use the same words but they mean something different. Secondly, always, always uh, look up Bible verses when the cultist shares those verses from memory. I can tell you from decades of experience, Kay, that almost always those verses are quoted out of context. You know, I think about how Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, told me that birthdays are evil based upon Matthew 14. And if I didn't look the verse up, they would have had me. But I Mm -hmm. looked the verse up, and it says that Herod, on his birthday, killed John the Baptist. You see, so that doesn't say anything bad about birthdays. Mm-mm. It says something bad about Herod. Mm-hmm. The moral of the story is always look up those verses that they cite from memory. Another key point, focus on the gospel of grace. You see, they're always talking about works and all the things mm-hmm. you've got to do. Mm-hmm. It's a big, long list of stuff you've got to do to be saved. But salvation is a grace gift, and it's received by faith. In fact, over 200 times in the New Testament, it is said to be by faith. And, uh, Kay, I might just mention in closing that you ought to share your testimony. And when you give your testimony, let people know that the grace of God is what saved you, that there's no way you could save yourself, that if you die today, you know you'd go to heaven Mm -hmm. based upon the, the gift of salvation that God has given you. And I can promise you that when the cultist walks away from your doorstep, they're going to remember that testimony. They are. Thank you so much. My guest has been Dr. Ron Rhodes, his book, The Challenge of the Cults and New Religions. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Our website is www.familyshieldministries.com. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.